0: Radio check. Loud and clear.
1: KSL Sports and KSL Podcast present Mode Push, an American view of F1, starting now. Don't stop. This is what you get with this f- odyssey. I've guessed it. I'm absolutely guessed it. I enjoyed this so f- much. Thank you. Thank you. In everybody, it's another edition of Mode Push and American View of F1. It's our F1 podcast where we talk about everything F1, reflected off of the giant American pool of fans that we uh, have now become of F1. And uh, the American GP, of course, last weekend reminded us that this is a big deal, man, in the United States now. It is uh, Dan Jimenez across the ether from me, Alex Curie. Thanks for being with us on the show. Dan, what's up, man? How was that? Uh, we missed you last week,
0: dude. Yeah, I uh, I took a little time off and absconded to Mexico for a little bit with mm. the family and uh, enjoyed watching the race on my phone next to a pool with Pina Colada, and it was pretty great. Awesome F- race.
1: F1 is also absconding to Mexico this week, uh, and we'll yeah. get into the Mexican GP and I'm trying to really look at this season and and you know last time we chatted Max was uh, had already been crowned champion and I just look back at this year and I go this has been a really like and maybe it was because the last handful of races I'm trying to figure out when it started too I, I don't know when it started but the rest of the the rest of the field that is not Max Verstappen seems to have just been an absolute crazy race uh and and and, and a fun like season other than Max dominating everything. I mean, it's weird that in a season that you have a guy who is going to likely b- break his own record for the most wins in a season ends up uh, also being one of these years that it is the, one of the more closely contested everything else after that. I think overall so far the season has been absolutely amazing and after the American GP and after eliminating uh, you know a couple of disqualifications, which you don't see very often and certainly four hours after the race you don't see very often, but uh, everybody gets moved up. Williams gets their first double points. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was—it's an awesome thing to be able to see Logan Sargent with that one yeah. singular point. So many storylines from this uh, this race last week. But what were your impressions of the USGP in Austin last weekend?
0: Yeah, I, I thought it was a super entertaining race with Max starting in fifth or sixth. It was sixth where he started. Yeah, sixth, yeah. And um, and he got—I think he got to fifth by the first lap. But you know, he had. Um, uh, an issue in qualifying where he, he, uh, on the second to last turn, he went out of bounds, he went over the line and so they deleted his lap. And so his, his one banked lap from Q3 was only good enough for, for six. So I, I, that going into the race, I think created an exciting element to see, like, he obviously dominated the sprint, but it was like, okay, is he going to be able to get up through the field? And he did, I think by like lap 30, he got up there, but it was still like, uh, you know, an an interesting race in terms of tire strategy and who was going to go long, who's going to do a one stopper. You know, it was, uh, um, you know, Lewis was coming through the field really quickly there towards the end. And, uh, you know, if he had had another lap or two at it, I think he would have gotten max like max was having brake issues at the end, um, was screaming at, at GP on the radio to stop talking during the braking zone. <laughs> and, you know, you could tell like max was like, he was a bit kind of with his feathers ruffled and knew uh, that those guys were right on top of them, and man, it just would have been awesome. I think if Lewis would have nipped him there at the end, but uh, I think all in all, like the field is getting a lot closer. And yeah, that that Lewis and and Charles got that um, the penalty that that uh, disqualified him, but I don't think that that had a substantial impact on like the overall performance. So I still think that the competition is pulling together.
1: Can you explain a little bit about the that that skid plate wear and? Some of the regulations, in the sense that what was crazy to me was, and again, I feel like everything there's there are a handful of things in within this sport that I'm still like, I'm really new at this still, because after the race and this comes down, and they have these sporting regulations and they have these rules and they have all this stuff and you know the it was a lot to explain something that to me felt like ah that's not a big deal, but all of the guys who I mean total wolf I mean here's the example this is a guy who will put his elbows out and complain about everything he was like we broke the rules they did the right thing we needed to be <laughs> disqualified and you're like oh so everybody knows what happened is that sound about yeah. right i mean like everyone knew how big of a breach this was of the rules exactly what was the rule and and where did they where did those two guys go wrong and why didn't everybody get tested i wonder
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there are a lot of rules in formula one and all forms of motor racing, but especially formula one and that some rules are more important than others. And ride height is right up there. I think with one of the most important rules to follow because the lower you can run the car, the more downforce you can create. So better grip. Um, but if you get too close, if you run it too close to the ground, then lots of weird stuff starts happening with the aerodynamics you can stall the car out and that's what was causing the porpoising last year when mercedes was you know bouncing up and down uh and it can um it can unweight the car like you can pull like weight off the wheels and so then it it just gets dangerous basically so this rule about the, the ride height and the plank uh the wear plank or the skid plate was put into effect after senna um, passed away. in that one, the weekend in Imola in 1994, there was another driver who I can't remember his name. I passed away in that same the weekend. day before. Yeah. Yeah. And so they put this rule into place where like, Hey, you can't run the car lower than X. And the way they measure that is they, uh, secure a big, pl- it's, they call it a wood plate, but it's like a resin with like metal in it or something. It's not really wood.
1: Is that the, um, is that the reason we see the, yeah, it's some block that they call it, but, but like the titanium that's in that,
0: is that the thing that creates all those sparks too? There's mounting points like on the front and the back that are like titanium blocks and those Mm -hmm. wear first. And that's what creates the sparks. And then once you wear through those blocks, then you start wearing the plank. And then the plank is where is like what they measure at the end of the race. So to your question of like, why didn't they measure everybody? It's this like formula one has this really interesting thing where everyone kind of self reports that they're following the rules it's like, it would be,
1: they're the (laughs) the gentlemen of, uh, that's (laughs) right. Yeah. Like
0: everyone fills out their own scorecard. Right. But then at the end of the race, they do a few checks and they say it's random, but it's mostly like the people that they suspect might be cheating. And so they, I think they measured four cars. Two of them were Lewis and, um, Charles and they, they had worn just like, we're talking like two tenths of a millimeter, which is like, it's it's crazy thin. Right. But part of it but, was
1: also because they once they go into Park Fermi after the after the sprint race. Like they, they're, they, they can't, can't like, mess with. The right. They don't yeah. go on and like let's put a little bit of extra on here. We want to comply by the rules. They have to kind of guess for the entire weekend. Right.
0: Yeah. They have 60 minutes on a sprint weekend in that first practice to make adjustments to their ride height and suspension and all that stuff. So they get to the racetrack with all sorts of simulation work that's been done, which was kind of what my job was in NASCAR. You do a bunch of SIM work, you show up and you've got a starting point, and then you've got the practice time to improve it. Well, if you only have an hour, then you better get it right. Um, because it, the, the plank wears as you go throughout the weekend. So you have to, can you have to bank all that, that, you know, you're going to wear a bunch. And so they, these guys, you know, Mercedes and, and Ferrari just got it a little bit wrong. And the rules are the rules, and that's one rule that like you can't you can't really are you? So they, um, they, they
1: said it was based off of two. I was I was actually reading this thing where they said that the, you know the regulate the regulations and the people who check all the regulations, they see data and then they can go. We already know what we're looking at here. We know which cars to look at based off of the numbers that they're seeing already. I thought that was that is so wild to me. That is fascinating to see that they knew who they could check based off of those
0: numbers. Yeah. Yeah. Suspension travel is definitely something that they can measure on the cars, like the individual teams. I didn't, you know, I don't know how much of that telemetry gets fed to like the stewards or to the FIA. sounds like there's some amount of it, but yeah, if you had ride height stuff, you could see, um, I mean, not only in the data, but visually I've seen photos that people have been posting on Twitter, um, of like the, the Mercedes, the, the Ferrari, and then the Max's Red Bull going through the same set of corners. And you can see the difference visually hmm. with the naked eye, how much higher Max Max's car was uh, than those guys. And, um, you know, it could have been just something as simple as like hitting the rumble strips too hard here or there. Like it, it's, it, uh, you know, is, is, is a really like um, sensitive thing. Back in when we went to spa, there was when Max was leading, gp got his the race engineer kept telling max to like quote unquote use his head going through the uh the big au rouge the big uphill corner yeah and the what i read was um that basically using his head was like hey you need to lift going through that point or else if you go through too fast you're going to wear your plank too much and then we're going to get penalized interesting so um he was kind of saying telling max to slow down at that point without really saying why over the radio. So this is something that they definitely have to manage uh, I think most especially on sprint weekends.
1: If it we're up to me this would be a full Yuki Tsunoda appreciation podcast uh <laughs> for for the little guy. I thought he had an amazing weekend among all the people, right? When you think about I mean McLaren is just continuing to impress. Uh you see like I mean Max has just been amazing but everybody else has just been uh, it's been crazy to see how competitive everything is here but but yeah i don't know uh, you tell me dan the people who you thought performed really really well it might be on the rise here through the rest of this or through the rest of the season here as we have a handful of races left
0: yeah. I mean, Norris continues his, his, uh, momentum, you know, he was in, he held on to first through, I guess, through the pit first pit stop. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and we got to give the, the shout out to Logan Sargent. I mean, yeah, it took two other cars being disqualified for him to score a point, but like a point is a point and he's the first American driver to score a point in 30 years since Michael Andretti. Like this is a big deal for Americans in F1. Um, I don't know if it's going to be enough to save his bacon when it comes to a new contract. Right. You know, I think if we don't hear about a contract extension before Las Vegas, then I think that the writing is on the wall. Um, but it, you know, I think it, it can't hurt his cause that he was able to bank that point. And he was only, I think uh, he, he ended up, I think one place behind Albon. I think they finished ninth and 10th. Right, so his, pace was, yeah, his and, pace was there relative to his teammate.
1: Yeah. And actually he only finished, yeah, he only finished one second off of Albon over the entire race. Um, but yeah, Yuka Sonoda getting five points in eighth. Lance Stroll like a quiet seventh place was just kind of weird because his teammate uh, Fernando Alonso did not finish. Uh, Sergio uh, Sergio Perez gets uh, Checo gets uh, he got the you know the benefit. All these guys got the benefit of moving up uh, you know one spot in, in in all of this. And so uh, obviously signs getting onto the podium after everything and and Lando going up to to second that's a that's a massive deal there. George Russell in fifth, Pierre Gasly sixth. Uh, like I said, Lance Stroll, Yuki uh, Albon, and and Sergeant that rounded off the rest of your the rest of your your uh, your drivers there in the points. So as we look at it now, and as we get ready for the Mexican GP, um, because it's just they don't they go right one week to the next, and then we just go right to it. This isn't. Uh, I mean, what happens this weekend? I did read that, and you did see a bunch of booze uh, for. <laughs> for Max, when he's Max. up on the top of the steps there, <laughs> I think those were a lot of Checo fans who were right there in Texas, right that were that were uh, kind of showing their their displeasure for the guy who you know is basically way outperforming not just everybody but even their, their all their favorite driver. But I did read that uh, you're going to see uh, Verstappen has got a new set of body, or they gave him two bodyguards uh, for the really? Mexico GP. <laughs> And, 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 you know, I I mean, read into it what you will. I think (laughs) that they, I think that people just know that, uh, that's more of an indictment on Checo because of how badly Checo has been performing because you don't get a bodyguard and hate on a guy so much. I mean, this dude is embarrassing his teammate in the same freaking car. And it's been wild to see this ride. And I know that Checo's, uh, you know, sigh of relief when Lewis got that second place ripped from him because the points are at least a, a little bit further apart now, but you could see him getting run down by the end of the year. And I just don't know if he's long for Red Bull.
0: Yeah. There's even the rumor that came out last week. I might've been out of the mouth of, um, uh, Helmut Marco that if Lewis finishes second in the, in the state, in the standings, then, you know, Sergio loses his seat for next year. So there's that kind of ultimatum hanging out there, but yeah, Mexico loves Sergio. I mean, I was just in Mexico this last week and, his face is all, all over every billboard, you know, lots yeah. of fans walking around in Red Bull gear. And I had to chuckle. I was in the Mexico City airport and there was like a big sign uh, advertisement on one of the walls and it was a picture of Max and Sergio hugging and they're like race suits like and uh, those saying <laughs> in Spanish was like, the uh, rivalry doesn't uh, continue off the track or something. I don't know what the point of the of of the whole message it's was, but it was like something thing. about.
1: It's basically <laughs> going, "Hey,
0: everybody, please do
1: not do not plan any sort of violence against uh, against the world champion." Because Honestly, that
0: makes the most sense.
1: <laughs> like you have to have a PR campaign of "Don't be mean." Uh, don't be mean guy. to Max, please. Don't be mean to Max <laughs> because like it's not his fault that he's so dang good and that Checo is so far behind him. Like who who gets mad at a guy for maybe being. I mean, this is this could be the Michael Jordan of F one. I, I don't yeah. know if it's crazy to say that, but like, why not? We're watching one of the youngest dudes, and he's ar- already a three time champion. and And unless things get changed totally, like it, it, it seems like even if the cars are all equal, he's still going to beat everybody by a second. So you need like just some crazy advancement on the technological side from some of these other teams to be able to run down maybe the best racer in this generation. But at the same time, Dan, like. The weird thing is, is why would you want Max to be in a bad car when you have that kind of talent? It's, it, it right. I know it makes yeah. things a little bit closer, but, like, man, it's crazy to watch this dude doing what he's doing. And I just have, at some point, I, I went from going, man, I'm kind of annoyed by Max to, man, I guess just, like, we're watching some greatness happen, and you have to admire
0: it. Yeah. He, um, I think he's raised the bar on what, level of consistency is required to, to win a GP, right? It might be harder now than it has ever been, you know, to win a formula one race. And, you know, he's stretching Lewis Hamilton seven time champion to his absolute limit, you know, to be able to compete. It's a, it's super impressive. And, you know, the question in, in motorsports is always, is it the driver or the car? And it's both. But I think when you get to that top level then the the difference in the driver I think really starts to well, shine and we we see it. I saw a pretty
1: cool stat too. They said that if Red Bull doesn't get a mechanical issue in the last four races of the year, it'll be the first team in this turbo hybrid era not to have had a mechanical issue in an entire f1 season like you think it's about crazy. I mean you've had some DNFs with some crashes and things like that but but isn't it wild to think that this car that Red Bull has put together this year isn't just better than everybody. It does, it also has zero flaws when it comes to breaking down. Now, knock on, yeah. you know, for Micah here in my studio, but, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's good for the sport. Like, nobody wants to see a bunch of DNFs. When you saw engines blowing up a couple of years ago, it just felt like there was – It when a team is in the lead in a race and they lose mm-hmm. because uh, they go – you see smoke coming out of the back of the, uh, of the car. Like that, that's awful. You know what I mean? Like there's no other version of that. And I guess I know that's part of the sport is Mm -hmm. yeah, you can have a really good, really good racer, but you better get the car together. That's everybody's team. You know, they're at the factory getting this thing together. And it was just, it's wild to think that, that, uh, that that could be the case, but um, that they haven't had a breakdown, an actual mechanical issue this entire season. It's already amazing to me now, but they could do it over the next four races and not have one, mechanical dnf for the whole season that's pretty crazy
0: yeah i think talking law of averages that's the one that seems the craziest to me like we know max's performance now and he's likely going to keep it up through the you know last four races but man if they go without a mechanical failure that's I, I think is incredibly impressive so ha- hats off to red bull for sure what's mexico looking like this
1: weekend what type of a track is this uh because max is a guy that there doesn't seem like there's any track it's a disadvantage for him, but with all these other teams that are making these strides, people bringing the, kind of their last updates and and seeing some of the fruits of those things, what are we seeing this weekend in Mexico? And what, who maybe makes a little bit more of a jump uh, based off of what we saw maybe in the USGP, or does that track totally differ from Mexico enough to not really matter? And And you could see some other people making a name for themselves this weekend.
0: Yeah. Mexico is more of a low downforce or medium downforce track than Austin. Austin's very high downforce, but, uh, Mexico's got, I think the longest straight in all of F1, that front stretch is like, I think it's a mile long. It might be, I, I'll double check my numbers. The whole, the whole track is how many kilometers, three, 4.3 kilometers. So, um, the super long, uh, front stretch, super long DRS section in, in the first, uh, sector. So, I think that that then plays into um I mean rebels good everywhere but I think uh Ferrari, McLaren, McLaren probably not as much. There I think they do better at the high downforce stuff, but Ferrari and uh and um uh probably Williams too. Williams is the other like notoriously really good at the at the low downforce stuff. So um they they're also bringing a softer tire this year than last year, so that'll th- throw things off a little bit, you know, just can you kind of have to throw the notes out from previous years when you have softer tires. So um, hopefully that means we've got a bit more of um, kind of diversity on the uh, kind of pit strategy uh, side of things, tire strategy. So um, should be an uh, an interesting race. I like Mexico. um, And I think whoever's got the fastest top speed will will win. It's cool because
1: you have those grandstands right there at the start finish line. And and uh they go through that crowd and it just seems like it's a ton of it seems like it's a giant party. Mexico already has a, a really, really uh amazing party atmosphere. And when you have, you know, one of the top drivers in the sport, or at least, you know, one of the top drivers driving one of the top cars, I mean, you say what you will about Checo, but he is in that second position uh in F one and he's he's the only other person oh uh, no, I guess it's not true now, uh, because we had Carlos Sainz get a W, but uh you know he had a couple wins under his belt. It seems like it was forever ago, and no one cares right. now about it. But, but he does, and he's. I mean, obviously, he's already the most important uh, race car driver out of Mexico ever, and so that's a big deal. Let's let's jump over to another American story here, because we can't go a few minutes without talking more about ourselves, right? Uh, right. FIA president Mohammed Ben Suleyam uh, is uh, apparently now getting pressure from F1 teams that may not want to partner with the Andretti portion of a new Andretti Cadillac or Andretti GM, uh, you know, uh, team effort that they're looking at. I'm not sure what is going on here, but if you're going to bring in an OEM, uh, you know, team from General Motors and have that Cadillac name on it, I guess you can kind of be picky about who the other partner is, but why not the name Andretti? What is going on? This is a name that is already familiar to F1. Why are people pushing back at this? Or are they pushing back on just an American team overall, Dan?
0: That is like the, the big question I'm racking my brain. And without more information, it's hard to not feel like it's just a protest against having an American team because, you know, if they want to name their price, name, their price GM will pay it. Right. But um, it's, it's just really strange that now they're saying, hey, we'll, you know, GM can come in, but we don't want it to be Andretti running the team side Mm of things. Right. Uh, And maybe they think like, you know, we let Haas in and Haas hasn't really done anything for us, you know, Um, so we're just gonna have Haas 2.0 with Andretti. And like, just for everyone to kind of know, like the background there, like Andretti's run a very successful IndyCar team for a long time, right? Like that's where Mario made his name was an IndyCar. Uh, Michael was a very successful IndyCar racer as well. And then he did a year or I think a season in F1 didn't go super great. Um, but like they have the prowess of any group existing racing team in America right now, you know, Andretti's up there, so they know what they're talking about. And Michael Andretti also said that they, this week are going to be testing a 2023 spec car in a wind tunnel in Germany. Um, I think at a Toyota wind tunnel, um, so they're already they've already started development. They're putting real dollars behind this banking that they're going to be able to get in, um uh, in, into Formula One for for 2025. So I I do not know what the beef is between the F1 teams who are the last ones to accept the the new entrant and in and the Andretti Group. You know the FIA has already approved it. Like they're they're feeling good, but Formula One management, which you'd think with an American owner um that uh of of Formula One to the media rights like that they would be helping, you know, make this deal happen with Liberty Media. But it's it's very strange. And in, in the end, I'm sure it all just comes down to money.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. I mean look, I mean in the end, I mean we we have this example across, you know, the world of NCAA football, right? Here in the United States. We talk about it's a conference expansion always comes with this idea of and it's funny because you'll have some people who go, absolutely, bring those brands in. We want to steal this brand from the Pac-12 or the, uh, you know, mm-hmm. e- e- but at the same time, then you'll get, like, university presidents on some of these schools that are a little bit further down the line, and they go, I don't want to share any of that money, or I don't want, mm-hmm. like, th- this is not, this this doesn't help us grow, or you're you're kind of, uh, you know, I think about teams like, I mean, even Haas. Would they be excited about a team that is, has an actual American car manufacturer backing a team and they're this ragtag bunch of like out of north carolina hiring uh you know a bunch of uh uh, uh, you know low cost uh (laughs) you know everything to try to be able to scoot by maybe 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 the haas family doesn't really love the idea of it either maybe some of these teams i don't know christian horner's like no you better get uh no you got to get your own you got to get your own engine which is rich Mm -hmm. coming from a team who their name is on an engine and they did not develop it. It was, you know, it was Honda yeah. and it still is. And they went for years as Honda or, uh, Renault, you know, uh, customers. And so, you know, having the standard of like, you need to come in with your own engine. Like, what are you talking about? This entire sport is like cheating off of each other with these engines. Half of the teams are using the other half of the teams, manufacture as manufacturers. So it's a weird thing that as a person like me, who's new to the sport, I go, well, that seems strange, but, it's also the standard so i don't know why all the pushback but i i just i'm like hoping that this thing goes through cadillac racing to me would just be a cadillac f1 team would just be so cool to see in my lifetime and i'm hoping it does happen
0: yeah me too i i think it's going to come together i mean there's even talk of like it going to the courts like that they can't legally deny them or something and i don't think anybody wants this to be hey get interpol uh, on it let's
1: get uh Let's get, let's get somebody out here. Let's get, uh, what's his name? Bruce. Yes. We got to get everybody on this thing. I don't know if we need to, uh, you know, hire, hire James Bond on this freaking thing. Let's go like the, I don't, I don't, I don't know you have to tell here, but
0: how would it be worse having these teams in there? Come on. Right. Yeah. I think in the end, the, the F1 is, uh, F1 management will name their price and GM will pay it and they'll be racing in a couple of years. Uh, I love how
1: some of these stories. There's an actual quote I gotta read uh, from uh, from both uh, Toto Wolf and Christian Horner when it comes to, you know an American team coming in and Mario Andretti and and, and the Andretti name and everything. And Toto Wolf says, I don't know him. Uh, he has a fantastic track record. He's one of the great names of the sport, but uh, I don't think we just give somebody a free pass to figure to to come into the sport, okay. But here comes, and then my favorite quote is from Christian Horner. Look, there's no grudge. I haven't really met in, met him, so I don't really have a personal grudge. And you're going, if you have to tell everybody that you're not that you don't have a grudge against somebody, like yeah, then we he, all start yeah. really
0: wondering about it. Yeah, he protested too much. Yeah, <laughs> the,
1: the reason you have a beef and you can't say I don't know him, so I don't have a beef with him. It's like you don't know him, so you probably have a beef beef with him, and and maybe it is just going to be about carving out a few extra dollars for each team to be able to spread across the sport uh, to be able to do it. But, yeah, uh, let's get it going. I'm, I'm all about it. Uh, okay, as we get ready for this weekend, surprise performances, who are we going to see who's going to be having a, a, a weekend? You know, because, I mean, Yuki's coming off his best weekend of the year probably, right? Is there mm-hmm. a version of that? Why aren't we seeing Danny Rick? Is it still him recovering from surgery on the – on the broken hand or what What are we talking about? Who's somebody who we're going to see a name, maybe in that top uh, in that top 10 scoring points this weekend in Mexico.
0: Yeah. Danny Rick was having a decent race and he would have finished in the points um, after the two disqualifications, but yeah, he dropped there at the end and I, I got to look up what that was. It might've been just like tire dag and uh, he had to pit late, but um, I think, I think Sergio is going to lock in on home soil and, and, shut up the haters and hmm. just go out and win this thing, <laughs> win this thing. It's gonna a think track he's going to win it. I think I'm going to call Sergio. Wow. Wynn. I love it. I don't hate it at all, man.
1: Cause when, yeah. did, when, when did he, uh, he won the, what, the uh, two out of the first four races. And then we haven't seen yeah. anything from him since.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think that he's going to lock in and it's time for him to, it, this is almost kind of do or die. I mean, how far off is Lewis from, from Sergio now? Um, it's uh, he he's got to he's he's got to lock in and have the, the race of his life. I think.
1: Okay, here's my here's my podium prediction. I'm going to go, Lewis one, Checo two, Max three. All I right. have no idea why. I think just to be able to cause that stir, because if Lewis wins and Checo's second, like it's just the awkwardness is going to be <laughs> insane. Uh, because I think people expect Max to win. I think at this point, too, like, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot that has to go on for Max to lose uh, rather than, uh, you know, a lot to have to happen for him to win. Uh, But we'll see. I don't know. And then my surprise player for this week is going to be Pierre Gasly. I think he's going to move up into either a third. I could see him stealing a – because I read this week about how this is a track that he really loves, and this actually works out pretty well for Alpine in terms of their setup. And so maybe he sneaks on and gets a podium. Uh, if Max isn't a hundred percent this this next weekend, but we'll see. I, I, I think Lewis is going to end up getting his first win of the year at Mexico, and uh, you're going to see some insane stuff going on at the finish there.
0: I like it. Yep, he's only f- uh, 31, 39 points off of um, off, of, off Checo. of Sergio. Yeah. So Awkward. yeah, he's coming. He's hunting.
1: All right. Uh, well, let's see here. Any other, any other thoughts, last thoughts on Mexico and how this thing works out for all these teams? Uh, because we only have four races left, which I can't believe. And then, of course, Las Vegas is coming up in uh, less than a month now as we cross our fingers to see if we'll be
0: able to be there as media members. Yeah. I've been surprised at how many teams continue to bring updates this late into the season. Last week, Aston Martin brought an entirely new floor, and they ran the new floor on Lance's car, and I think Alonso <laughs> ran the old floor. And then, um, you know, smattering of other updates from other teams Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, Red Bull has stopped bringing updates. And there was a question in the post race where they asked like, Hey, you know, it seems like the, the gap is closing up is, is it because Red Bull's already started development on next year's car? And, you know, Max was like deer in the headlights and Lewis and Lando just looked at each other and they're like, that's exactly what's happening. Is Red Bull's already working on next year's car and everyone's still trying to bring updates right now, which. I'm surprised by, but that's probably why, why the gap is closing up. So I think going into the last four races, if that trend continues, it might be pretty dead even by the end. Well, we're looking forward to it. Another race uh, this weekend. And we're going to give you
1: the breakdown next week at this very time as well. Dan, thanks for breaking it down here for us, dude. You always bring the engineering side that I am always just scratching my head over. So I appreciate it, man.
0: Thanks for always bringing those answers. Yeah, my pleasure. And let's, let's really hope for the Mariachi rendition of the F1 theme. Oh, Uh, before the race because that's the best rendition
1: how could they not bring it back everybody loved it so much last year we got to do it and then we'll play it next week when we come back to the show as well it's the best there you (laughs) go Dan Jimenez, Alex Curie thanks for joining us right here at his mode push download the podcast tell everybody else that you listen to a podcast about F1 and say you got to listen to these guys because Dan's really smart all right we'll be back again next week everybody see you then